All right, so, all right, let's roll. We've got stuff we need to cover. What's that? Yes, there are study sheets. Do we not have the study sheets? Awesome. I think they might be in my office. Yeah. They would be on my desk. Um, there should be, yeah, it should be on my desk. All right. All right, good deal. So my apologies on that one. All right, so until study sheets come, uh, we're going to get rolling with it because we've got uh, a lot of stuff to cover. We may not cover all this this week, um, but we're going to be talking about the spiritual world today. So um, this is something that has always fascinated me. The Bible does give you bits and pieces all over Scripture to show you what it's like in the spiritual realm of things. And so as we kind of work through some of the details, if you've got questions, I'll try to answer them. Uh, so please feel free to, to answer some of those questions. Uh, but we're going to go through. There's two ways we're going to approach this. The first one is that we're going to talk about the types of spiritual beings that are in the Bible. And then secondly, we're going to talk about the hierarchy of the spirit world and how things kind of work and how things are structured. And then out of that, there's other things that we could get into. But those are the two things that I wanted to talk about. All right. So... Until we got study sheets, I'll just go ahead and write on the board, just that way we've got something. All right, so the first thing here on your guys' study sheet, we're going to talk types, types of spiritual beings. So the first one that we're going to hit is God, all right? And we've already spent time talking about God. We spent several weeks talking about God, but I wanted to throw this into the mix because God is a, God bless you, Bobby. Um, God is a spiritual being, all right? And so we've already talked about that, talking about the Trinity, uh, and we know this already. But what I wanted to really show you guys is that everything comes from God. Because God created everything, everything that he creates has a spiritual aspect to it, except for creation, uh, as far as like, you know, plants and trees and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to the creatures, seriously, is everyone like allergic to something today? Apparently. Allergic to power outages. Is that what it is? It's <laughs> 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 All right. So God is a spirit being, and so there are certain creatures that he created, all the creatures that he created outside of like animals and trees and grass and that kind of stuff, there is a spiritual aspect to them. Now, uh, those types of things, they do have a particular <coughs> spirit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is hilarious. That's all right. That's all right. I'll just go with it. All right. Spiritual warfare. Um, all right. So there is a spiritual aspect to them. Like, for example, like, you know, uh, the dogs that you have, you know, you have different types of dogs that exist. That dog has a particular spirit, like a personality. Um, there's no two dogs that are the same. You might have a particular breed that has a certain, like, direction towards a type of personality, but each dog's different, right? For those of you that have owned multiple dogs, they have their own different personalities. So in that aspect, they are spiritual, but what I mean is, 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 is having, like, a soul, something that will last forever, and those things are the things that I want to talk about this morning just to kick it off. So first of all is God. Now, I want to get some volunteers to, to hit up some verses. I'm going to at least hit the three, first three points, so I'm going to divvy out some verses. So John 4.24, Sam. Uh, Kent, take 1 Timothy 6.16. Um, do you Exodus? Uh, no, we'll go to Exodus. Go to Joshua 5.14 and 15. Reese, go ahead and take, um, let's see here. Um, Isaiah 6, 2, and 3, and also 6 and 7. All right, and we'll stop there for a second. Okay, so point number one, letter A, God. So God the Father, the pre-incarnate Son, and the Holy Ghost all manifest as a spirit. And I wanted to show you that specifically because the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, which is going to be our next point here, the angel of the Lord. We'll get to that in a minute. But in the Bible, God is a spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is a spirit. When it comes to Jesus, he is technically a spirit until he receives his own body. That's how the Bible explains it. So John 4, 24, listen to that one. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, very clear, God is a spirit. 1 Timothy six sixteen. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. So, no one can see God, and no man has seen God, because he is a spirit, and as a spirit, he is invisible, which is kind of weird to think about. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, they're invisible, they're spiritual beings, but Jesus, you can see. So, anytime in the scriptures, think about this, anytime in the scriptures where God shows up and a person sees God, who do they see? Jesus. They see Jesus. Now, God is light, and so he can manifest his presence as light, and we know that from the temple and the Old Testament and a few other places. But anytime that someone sees God, they're seeing Jesus. So it's pretty interesting. So just get that into your head, because as you read through the Bible, that will really help you out a lot. So God is a spirit. Now, letter B, the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Now, you'll find the angel of the Lord show up in the Old Testament quite a bit, and he's called the captain of the Lord's host. And so your blank there is Jesus Christ. So the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And so everybody turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I'm just going to show you a couple examples of people that saw God. And because they saw God, we know that based on what the Bible says, that it was Jesus. All right, Exodus 3. Verse 1. Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even, even to Horeb. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord, there it is, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Verse four, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not, thy, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So right there you have the angel of the Lord is God. Saying that the place where he's standing currently is holy ground. That's Jesus. That's Jesus showing up to speak to Moses. All right. Now listen to uh, Joshua 5, 14 and 15. And he said, Nay, but as, the cap- but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Lose thy, pla- lose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thy stand, thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. All right, what's in common between what we just read in Exodus 3 and what you just heard out of Joshua 5? Holy ground. To take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. The angel of the Lord shows up. The captain of the Lord's host is showing up. That's Jesus. And so he bows down and worships him and worships him. Anytime you see someone in the Bible bowing down to a spiritual being and worshiping them and that being receives that worship, 
That is Jesus. That's Jesus. The only other spiritual being that will try to do that is who? Satan. Satan, out of Matthew chapter 4, where he tells Jesus, bow down and worship me. But other than that, you find a revelation where people were bowing down to angels, bowing down to other people in heaven, and then said, no, 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 no. No, don't do that. Do that to God only. So when you find something in scripture like that, you know there's something different about this guy. Captain of the Lord's host is Jesus Christ. That's God. All right? Okay, so that's the angel of the Lord. That's Jesus Christ. So we talked about God as a spiritual being. We talked about the angel of the Lord, which is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And now we get to talk about some cherubim. 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 All right, so cherubim. They cover and surround God's throne. They cover and surround God's throne. Everyone go to, let's go to Ezekiel. We're going to spend some time in Ezekiel. And then I want someone else to go to Revelation 4. Revelation 4. Haley, do Revelation 4, 6 through 9. All right, everyone go to Ezekiel. And let's start off in chapter 28, the devil chapter. So we're talking about Lucifer and his fall. Ezekiel 28. And then we're going to back it up and look at a couple other chapters in the book of Ezekiel. There are two chapters in your Bible. If you want to be someone who fights for doctrine, that gets into discussions with people and you know what you're talking about, there are two chapters in the Bible that talk about the devil. What are they? Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. You have to know those two chapters. Outside of Genesis chapter 3, Isaiah 14, and Ezekiel 28, and various places in Revelation are the places that you can go to to find out more about the devil. And Job chapter 1 and chapter 2 as well. But Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 are the two most important chapters in your Bible in relation to finding out about Lucifer, his fall, and the devil. All right, so Ezekiel 28, look at verse 14, and, um, 14, 15, and 16. So this is a description of Lucifer before he fell, and this is what God says about him. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou hast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. And then he continues in verse 16. There's one phrase I want you to see here. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. Right there, from the midst of the stones of fire. So he was the anointed cherub, which means there's more than one, and he is anointed. What does that mean? He's the top dog. Top dog. He's the one that's in charge. Jesus Christ is the anointed Messiah. In the Old Testament, you had priests that were anointed for service, but then you had the high priest that was anointed over everybody else, right? So this anointing that takes place is just a status of hierarchy. So the devil, before he was the devil, when he was Lucifer, he was the anointed cherub that covered, that covereth. Okay, very important, all right? So you see that there. Go to chapter 10, Ezekiel 10. Ezekiel 10. We're going to get into a couple different obscure passages in Ezekiel that people have a hard time really understanding. But as you compare Scripture to Scripture, it really helps you to see what's going on here. Ezekiel 10 and verse 8. And there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, behold... The four wheels by the cherubims, one wheel by one cherub, and another wheel by another cherub, and the appearance of the wheels 
was as the color of a barrel stone. And as for their appearances, they four had one likeness, as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. Now jump down to verse 14. And every one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub, and the second face was the face of a man, and the third, the face of a lion, and the fourth, the face of an eagle. And the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river of Chabar. Okay. Now, right here he describes these cherubim. And he describes them as creatures. How many are there? Four. There's four creatures, four cherubim, and they each have four faces. All right? Did you get all that? Now, and wherever God's throne went, because God's throne, the way it kind of describes, if you were to put everything together, so you have God's throne. There's God's throne. It's pretty awesome. All right. So here's God's throne. Got to have armrests. And then you can have padding in the back because God needs padding. All right. Okay, whatever. All right. So there's God's throne. All right. So God's throne, there are four cherubim on each side, the front, here, here, here. And that'd be the back. That'd be the back side. There are four wheels. Okay. And so you have one cherub here, one cherub that was here, one cherub that was here, and one cherub that was here. Surrounding the throne of God. Got it? Okay, so there's four, all right? Now, we'll come back to that illustration in a minute. Go to chapter one, Ezekiel chapter one. Verse four, Ezekiel one, verse four. And I looked... And behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof was the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of, here it is, four living creatures. And by the way, in chapter 10, he said, this is the same that I saw by the river, and this is where he's at. So he's describing this again. The likeness of four living creatures, and this is their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet, and the soles of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings, and on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. And their wings were joined one to another, and they turned not when they, when they went, and, when, and they went, every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also, also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies." All right, so now he's describing them again, okay? And it's the same description. So you have these four cherubim that surround the throne of God. Their wings are touching one another, and they have wings that are covering their bodies, and they have wings that are causing them to fly. So here he only sees four wings, but they actually have six because two are causing them to fly. Two are covering. Two are outstretched as they touch one another. So they're completely surrounding the throne of God. Got it? Got the picture so far? All right. Good deal. And then listen to Revelation 4. Yeah. Okay, so in chapter 10, it's the four faces were a lion, an eagle, a man, and the face of a cherub. Yes. And in chapter 1, it's a lion, an eagle, a man, and an ox. Right. Does that mean the face of a cherub is just the face of an ox? Yes. It's very important. Glad you brought that up. 
All right. So remember that. Remember that because we're going to get to that in a minute. Okay. Good point. See? Compare it to Scripture. You find some stuff. All right. So listen to Revelation 4. Okay. All right. So based on all that, we're going to put some stuff together. Okay. All right. So you have the four cherubim, but then you have Ezekiel 28 that talks about Lucifer, who was the, the anointed cherub, the anointed cherub. So technically, this is where he belongs, covering the throne of God. But now that's not there. Okay. Important to understand. And that means that the devil also has four faces, right? So he has the face of a lion. What passage do you think of immediately when you think of the devil as like a lion? Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, okay? He also has the face of a calf or an ox or a cherub, which, by the way, anyone know anything about Baal worship at all? Okay, the worship of Baal, but what animal? A calf, an ox. What images came out of the fire after they were released out of Egypt? Two golden calves. Okay, every false religion always goes back to the worship of a calf. Babylon, ancient Babylon, Babylonian religion, it was a calf. It's interesting, it's just very interesting how that works out. Baal worship is directly associated with Lucifer in one of his four faces. He also has the face of a... Man, who do you think of when it comes to Satan being a man? The Antichrist. All right, and then you also have the eagle. And the eagle, all right? So he has the ability to change his faces. He has the ability to change his appearance. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He has the ability to make himself appear as an angel of light. He's not an angel. He is a cherub. He's a cherubim. And even though he's fallen, he still has the ability to change his face to make it appear to whatever he wants it to appear as, and he uses it to his advantage. Okay? So you find out a lot of stuff about the devil just from that stuff. All right? So that's very interesting. So let's keep going. Subpoint under cherubim. Five cherubim appear in the Bible, and after the fall of Lucifer, only a four appear around the throne of God. And that's the way it is until, until God really just destroys everything and remakes it again. But he only has four cherubim around the throne of God. And each cherubim represents the various classes of created creatures because in God's economy, he knew that he was going to create a certain class of creatures and each face represents and each cherub represents a certain type of class. All right, so first of all, you have the lion. The lion represents the wild beast class. The calf or the ox is the domesticated beast class. The man obviously is the mankind class. And the eagle is the winged beast class. But if you look at just those four, it's not complete, but because there's still a class of creatures that's not accounted for. 
and that would be the amphibian reptile class. And so your blank here is serpent. Serpent. Which is also why the devil shows up in the Garden of Eden, and he's called the serpent. Okay? All right. Good deal. Any questions about that? Got something, Haley? Um, it's kind of... Okay, so once Lucifer fell... Yeah. Is nothing covering, like, the front of the throne now? Other than the wings yeah. of the ones that are on the corner. But see, this is also why... And we're going to get to this in a minute. But Isaiah 14 talks about Lucifer having a throne. And as the anointed cherub, he had a throne, and, he, and God gave him dominion over God's creation before Adam and Eve even set foot on the earth. And because he fell, there needed to be a replacement. And so when God created Adam and Eve, Adam was that one that was supposed to be the anointed ruler over God's creation. So in a way, he was kind of the replacement for the fallen uh, Lucifer. But then after Adam fell, then the only other person that fits that category is Jesus, which the Bible calls him the second Adam. So Jesus, as the anointed Messiah, which, by the way, Lucifer also is a type of anointed Messiah as well, you have Jesus that now takes that place. So, all right. Good question. Yeah, what do you got? So, like, are, do fish fall under amphibian reptiles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cold-blooded creatures. Yeah. Okay, if the throne of God has wheels, like, does it move around at all? Yes, it does. And Ezekiel talks about how the, the throne of God actually moves. And, uh, and, it, and, it ta- and what's interesting is that when you read the description, it's kind of weird. So take some time if you want to read through Ezekiel 1 and 2. But it talks about when God's throne moves, like, it doesn't turn. Like, if, it, if it's going to go forward, it's going to go forward. If it's going to go up, it's going to go up. But it, doesn't, it never turns, which is very interesting, which is a great picture of the holiness of God and how he doesn't change it's quite interesting. But anytime you see the wheels, the wheels are actually a picture of judgment. Um, and when you see a wheel within a wheel, when you study that out, the way they used to thresh wheat uh, using a more you know, sophisticated process is that they would take two wheels and they would put them together and they would put the grain through and the wheels would be turning opposite directions and it would thresh through the wheat. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting how that's a picture of judgment and how each corner of God's throne has these wheels within a wheel that go over all the earth and pass judgment. So... And the cherub, they never move, do they? They're always... They're always there. Yep, they're always there. Always there. The only one that appeared to have the ability to move would be Lucifer, because he had a throne, and he had dominion. He walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So he could leave, but his rightful place was standing in front of God's throne. Which, if when you read Ezekiel 28, he had all those gems and the musical instruments and everything, and so when he was in front of God's throne, then it would be an amazing light show. But he had the ability to move, yeah. These aren't like the Catholic cherubs. No, not quite. The fat little babies with wings, right. with harps, no. Those ones are cuter. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Will this be multiple choice on the test? Yeah. No, essay. We're going to do essay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So that covers cherubim. Now, it's very important, and we're going to get to some of this a little bit later, but when you read in the Bible some of these creatures, sometimes it's like, what? And how it describes them. Just slow down. Read through the descriptions and just get everything in order because the Bible tells you everything, everything. It's really, really cool. Really cool. All right, so moving on from cherubim, then you've got seraphim. Now, seraphim are different. Cherubim are not angels. They are spiritual creatures. Seraphim are not angels either. They are also spiritual creatures. Seraphim are positioned above God's throne and serve the Lord in a priest-like role of purification. Isaiah 6. Whoever's got that one? 2 and 3 and 6 and 7. Reese, you got that one? Yeah. Okay. And above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with the, tw- 
With Twain, he covered his face, and with Twain, he covered his feet, and with Twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Okay, so in that particular instance, Isaiah was standing before the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ as he's sitting on the throne. And knowing that he is completely sinful, he realizes, woe is me. That's that pastor where he says, woe is me. I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of an unclean people, for I have seen the king. And he is about ready, to, I mean, just to, I mean, just be done with everything. And so the seraphim are above. We don't know exactly how many there are, but they're above the throne of God. Six wings, very similar to the cherub as well. And so they cry day and night. That's all they do. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Holy, holy. That's all they do. They're magnifying and esteeming the holiness of God. And then you have someone that comes in the presence of God. And then God decides to have grace. And he sends one of the seraphim to take a live coal from off the altar in heaven. Because whatever's in heaven is also here as well. That's why you find in the Old Testament when Moses was receiving the instructions on how to build the tabernacle, it says that he received them according to the pattern. There is a temple up in heaven right now, exactly the same dimensions as what God gave the Old Testament Jewish people. And so there's an altar, there's a brazen altar, there's a laver, there's the altar of incense. And so the altar of incense, those coals from the altar of incense came from the brazen altar where they would offer sacrifices for sins of the people and for themselves. And so that seraphim up in heaven went and grabbed a live coal and it touched the lips of Isaiah so he could stand before God. And that's what the priests would do in the Old Testament. Take care of sins so you can stand in the presence of a holy God. And that's what Jesus does for us as our faithful high priest out of Hebrews. He takes care of our sins so we can stand in the presence of a holy God. It's amazing. So the seraphim seem to have this type of a role and they also declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All right, and then letter E, we got the archangel, the archangel. We only know of one archangel, and it makes sense because archangel has a, has a uh, very similar sense of almost like anointed, where he's over the rest of the angels. And we know that this is Michael. Michael is specifically called the archangel. He's also called one of the chief princes and the great prince which standeth for the Jews and the whole nation of Israel. We'll get into Daniel 10 um, probably next week when we cover this. But what's very interesting about this is that when you find the roles of, of angels, especially one like Michael, God has angels that are positioned over nations. So we'll talk about this when we talk about the hierarchy, and we'll see it in Daniel 10 next week. But he has angels that almost stand over nations, and they protect nations, and they fight for nations. And what's interesting about Michael is that there's only, there's only two people in the scripture that contend with the devil. Only two. Who are they? Anyone know? Jesus and Michael. Now, as Lucifer, the anointed cherub, technically, if you look at God's creation hierarchy, you would have God, then you would, and then you, out of, out, from God, then you would have Lucifer, and then from Lucifer, then, you would have mankind, and then from mankind, you would have Michael. Now, Michael is created as a very powerful, powerful angel. We'll talk about the power of angels in a little bit. But you have the, the powerful Michael there. But you have man that's kind of in between. So Lucifer, technically, on the scale of, of power, is above 
Only God is above him. But yet there's two people in the scriptures that contend with the devil, Jesus and you have Michael. And in both cases, they win. That's very interesting because Michael is not stronger, but yet he wins. And that's a very interesting concept. But what's interesting to me is that because nations, so we know Michael is the, the one that is the chief of the prince of God's people, that he stands over the nation of Israel. That means the United States probably has an angel. That means that all the other countries have a particular angel. And so what, what's interesting to me is that there's never been a nation in history that has been completely obliterated, scattered throughout the ends of the earth, and then come back to have their own nation and their own people in their own land again. Only the nation of Israel has. And there is not, there is not a people group that has been more persecuted and slaughtered and brutalized than the Jew. Why are they still around why are they still alive? People have been trying to kill them for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. Why are they still around? Michael. I believe it's part of Michael's duty as the one that watches over God's people. Because Michael is faithful to fulfill his, his role in God's economy, the nation of Israel and the Jews still exist on this planet. And it's quite an interesting thought. It's quite an interesting thought. All right, so that's the archangel. And then we got angels. We got Gabriel and others that serve the Lord in various capacities. Let's go over to Luke chapter 1. Got to hit Christmas in some fashion. So go to Luke chapter 1. Merry Christmas. We're talking about the spirit world. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 19. All right, so Zacharias is speaking to an angel. This is in verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And then he continues to speak with him there. So Gabriel was sent to talk to Zacharias about the coming of the Messiah. Uh, Gabriel was sent back in Daniel chapter 10 to talk to Daniel about the prophecy and understanding the things that God wanted him to write in the book of Daniel. And then look at verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And then Gabriel begins to speak to Mary about all the things that are going to unfold in her life. So Gabriel's role, not all angels do this, but Gabriel's role seems to be that of a messenger. And we're going to see next week when we hit more in Daniel 10 about how things work in the spiritual world with God sending messages to people at certain times. But here, Gabriel seems to be a man or an angel sent to men and women to tell them things at a certain point in time, things that they need to hear directly from God for whatever reason. Uh, and it could be various different reasons. All right. And those are angels and angels are ministering everywhere. I uh, wish we had more time to look at some of those passages, but they are everywhere, doing whatever God wants them to do. doesn't really matter what God wants. They just go and they do it. All right, letter G. Then you got Satan. Before his fall, Lucifer was named the anointed cherub and was second in command of all that God created. Let's go to Isaiah 14. I want to go to this chapter so you can see how important this chapter is. Isaiah 14. All right, Isaiah 14, 
Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, this is what led to Lucifer's fall, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt, here it is, my throne. See, God gave him a throne and gave him dominion over God's creation before Adam and Eve were even created. And that led to his downfall. Lucifer fell before Adam and Eve were created. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. That's where heaven is. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? So that is Lucifer, and that's his fall. Now, interesting, just another side note, in verse 13 and 14, how many times did Lucifer say in his heart, I will? Five. Two, three, four, five. Five. What's the number five in the Bible? Death. The number of death. That's not a coincidence. Five times he said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And that led to his downfall. But here we see that Lucifer had a throne and he had a kingdom and he had dominion before his fall. And because of the I wills, he fell. He fell. All right. And then H, devils. Devils are evil spirits that serve at the bidding of Satan, have supernatural abilities, have the ability to possess humans, idols, and other creatures, and they and they cause those they possess to have various diseases and handicaps. And you can see this throughout the scriptures. It's all over the place. Uh, Mark 5 talks about the guy that was possessed by legion, uh, which are many, many, many devils, and how he even had superhuman strength. They tried to bind him with chains, and he broke them. Um, he, he, he lived in caves. He lived in, in, the, in the grave area where they would bury people. Matthew twelve twelve talks about those that were deaf, dumb, and blind because of a devil that was inside of them. And as soon as Jesus called that devil out, they were able to see and speak and hear perfectly. So apparently they have the ability to stop people from having the ability to even see or hear anything. So we'll talk more about devils next week. And then lastly, man. Created in the image of God, man and woman are spiritual beings that reside in an earthly, earthy body similar to the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. After death, the soul spirit of each man and woman will reside in heaven or hell waiting for their new body. So that's what the Bible teaches. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the bodies that we will get afterward. All right. So those are the types of spiritual beings. So we'll talk about the hierarchy next week. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. I believe that Satan is the great counterfeiter. So when he says, I will be like the Most High, everything that God does, he wants to do. And so anything that God has set up, he has a counterfeit side of it. And we'll talk about that with the hierarchy as well. Yeah. So would devils be almost like fallen angels? No, they are not fallen angels. Completely different. And I'll leave you to wonder who they are until we talk about it next week. (laughs) It is very interesting. I have a theory um, I cover it in JBI a little bit, but I have a theory that, uh, of what they are. But th- we know that they're disembodied spirits. We know that. Um, but they're very similar to the Holy Spirit. It's like the antithesis of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, but there's no record of where they came from. 
So we have no idea where they came from. I have my guesses, but the Bible doesn't say where they came from. And I believe that they're alive and well today, just like they were back during the Gospels. Like when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read about devils like crazy. And yet in our culture, the only people that are talking about devils are charismatics, which I think is kind of odd. Um, but I think there's a reason for that. But I think that they are at work uh, today. Uh, just within our culture, they're not as visible or known because we don't have a very superstitious culture. But you step foot in like the Philippines or you go down to Haiti or the Dominican or Central America and you'll be able to see a lot more demonic activity. And I, I shouldn't even use the word demonic because the Bible doesn't use the word demon. The, the biblical word is devil. So a lot of the new translations, they use demon as, as the word for it, but it's actually devil. And it's that way on purpose. So, yeah. So... Like, God's got his throne in heaven and whatnot, and so, yep. like, angels could come and go from heaven to earth. Right? Yep. So would uh, the devil, like, have his throne set up here that, would, like, he would sit on and devils and fallen angels would just... Possibly. I don't know where his throne would be. I mean, other than the earth is his throne, you know, um, because we see that in Matthew chapter 4, that he has all the kingdoms of the world. Um, but it is, it is quite interesting because um, even the devil himself... We'll get... Okay... Real quick nutshell. I'm getting into so many other things. Okay, so back before Adam and Eve even existed, and we'll make this super quick because we got to go. Uh, back before Adam and Eve existed, you had the earth, okay? And the earth was in very close proximity to the throne of God. This box is going to represent God's throne because I don't want to draw anymore. All right, and so you had then the cherubim covering each, and then you had, uh, you had the, the devil. He walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So there was an ability, and this was the mountain of God. So, and it talks about that, in the midst of the mountain of God, in Ezekiel 28. So there was a mountain that probably sat on the earth that then allowed that mountain to go up to God's throne. And then you had Lucifer as the anointed chair to cover the thrones of God to radiate God's glory when they wanted to worship God at certain times and seasons whenever that economy existed. And so that throne of, of Lucifer's was either down here or up here. We really don't know exactly where it's at, but we know that he had the ability to walk up and down the midst of the stones of fire on the mountain of God, the cherubim, and you had the earth. So I believe, and this is my opinion, that the earth was in a different position. So you have the third heaven, which is way out there now, out in the, the ends of the universe. And we're now here at this small blue speck in the midst of darkness. But I believe at one point the universe was all light, and the earth and God's throne were in very close proximity because the Bible says that, that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So they were in very close proximity, but after sin entered, bam, now they're separated. When God recreates heaven and earth and everything, he's going to bring them back together and it's going to be the center of the universe again. So, all right, chew on that. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. It is amazing. And I pray that we would love it more and more and more each and every day. We love you, and we want to show you how much we love you by our obedience this week. And so I pray we would obey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.